In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode number 100. This is a hundred. Hundred. That's a one. A zero, two zero. zero. Yeah. Uh-huh. Zero, zero. Yeah. Boom. One, zero, zero. Instead of zero, zero, one. That, that's true. This is a totally different thing. It's a totally different thing. That's how numbers work. Which is why you came up with the great song for this week's theme. I did. A hundred percent pure love. From and the back to the middle. And around, and around again. again. I'm going to be there. In the end. 100%. Pure love. On episode 100. <laughs> this comes from Crystal Waters. Didn't I know the name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I had to look that up. I forgot to look up what year it is. It's 90s. It's That's 90. all we need That's to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, I chose this because, yes, we have reached 100. And I feel like we need to talk about what it likes, what it is like to live at a hundred, to live at a hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. That's what we've been doing in this Ugh. podcast. Yeah, and our characters. And I've our never picks. felt so nimble at one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> I don't know why, but the word choice there was perfection. <laughs> nimble. <laughs> So here we are at 100, nimble AF. <laughs> nimble AF. <laughs> should get some shirts that Boy, say nimble AF. That would just be so confusing. It would. People would see down the street and like, I have no contacts for that. And that is very disturbing. <laughs> nimble. She just fell <laughs> down two stairs. <laughs> yeah. So here we are at 100%. 100%. 100 episodes and to be honest we've released more than that because we release a lot of author bonuses Bonuses, but this is our 100th themed episode yes so we thought it would maybe be fitting 
over the course of the time that we've done this, mm -hmm. we've gotten some questions about sure have. the podcast process, mm -hmm. things that happen behind the scenes. Yeah, you can get a behind the scenes today because we are feeling nimble AF. A nimble AF <laughs> to give you some awesome information <laughs> about how we got nimble AF. Yeah, how this all works. How it all works. Mm -hmm. So the first, I'm going to throw this out, Amy. What do you think okay. is the most rewarding part of the podcast? And what do you think is the most difficult part of doing this? I think the difficult part, because I'm going to start there, sure, yeah. is uh, the pressure that I put on myself. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the oh god! Like I gotta read so many books, and I gotta have so much uh, in you know in mm -hmm. the in the library in the you know in the queue in the queue. Thank mm -hmm. you. Couldn't think of a word. Um, and that's a really unnecessary mm -hmm. pressure mm -hmm. because we read a lot. Yeah, we were already reading. Yes. Yeah. I think the most rewarding part is having a place to talk about all the books that we read. Yes, that's what I was going to say. As we have said before, we've been preparing for this our whole our lives. Our whole lives. Whole damn lives. And that's another question that we get sometimes um, that people have asked us is, is like you and I talk outside of the podcast about books. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah, we do. I mean, there are times oh, that yeah. we're reading the same book and we're messaging each other or, hey, have you read this yet? Because yes. I think this, this and this. We do have a fair amount of conversations outside of the podcast about books. Yes. Also, I would say some of them probably tend to be more of the ones that we're not going to recommend, maybe. I think that is absolutely right. Because as we've talked about before, we made a conscious decision. We wanted to be positive mm -hmm. when we wanted to talk about books that we felt positively about books that we thought other people should read that doesn't mean that we haven't read some some clunkers as michael moraine has said clunkers is the best word for it not and nimble not nimble and we reserve our discussions about those clunkers to you and me yes we do because we get colorful in our language we do we get um you know maybe snarky even mm -hmm. and we don't want to do that on no. a on a big scale no no, and that's that's kind of brings up a byproduct of this, like you said about the pressure, and then that we made a very conscious decision to be positive. I have noticed, and I know you have said the same thing, that my tolerance is a lot lower. Like I don't plug through books like I used to, just because like, oh, well, I got to see where it goes. Yep. If I'm not enjoying it, I I'm out yeah. because. I'm A, I'm not going to recommend it on the podcast, and B, I got to move on to other things. That's not to say I don't read books that I enjoy that I haven't recommended or maybe even won't. I just, there's a, I've just noticed that I'm a lot more willing to leave a book behind. Agreed. And do you think, because I, I feel okay about that. It feels like I never gave myself permission to do that before. Mm -hmm. And so I would plod through books and just for no real reason. Yeah. And it's now, kind of the old like finish everything on your plate adage. Yes. If you're not hungry, don't eat it. And exactly. it's the same idea. Like I'm not enjoying this, so why am I forcing myself why to? Why am I force feeding this book? And that's not necessarily a comment on the author or the book. No. It's more just sometimes it can just be the time of frame reference, you know. And we've run into that. I like things Amy doesn't, vice versa. That's that's why there's we need more books all exactly. the time. Exactly, more more books. voices. Yes, Erin. Yeah. Maybe we should tell little people like. A little people. Maybe we should tell people. A so we little. got to a hundred, and now we're just super elite. Maybe we should All tell the, the little, little people who don't have a hundred episode podcast what to do with their this lives. Has not gone to our heads. No, at all. No, no, no. So let's tell the little people. Yes, about how we like script and edit this and all oh. that kind of stuff. 
There's really no script. There really isn't. <laughs> People find that hard to believe. We have an idea, obviously theme, and yeah. we rotate that every week. One of us comes up with a song that we are thinking about, and then we kind of make a theme around that song. Or maybe we'll offer a couple for the other person to pick from. Mm-hmm. And then we both write our own notes for whatever we're going to do for that week. And then we usually come up with some questions around that theme that we might ask each other to kind of... You know, to give you the soft start into the, the podcast. soft start. Yeah. All the, that's where all the um, stories come in. Yes. But yeah. they're not scripted in no. terms of the questions are there. We ask, but we don't answer them until right before. And yeah. We have no we idea what the other one's going to say. Yes. Yeah. And we don't share our picks. We don't share that's our come picks up either. Yeah. Before too. Yeah. We don't know what the other ones. There's been a very few rare occasions where we've both really liked a book and said, let's both talk about it this week. Or mm-hmm. like when we went to see Booksmart, we knew we wanted to use that. That's right. Yes. It happened organically with Eleanor Oliphant. Oliphant. It's completely mm-hmm. fine. Um, we both chose that just separately. But other than that, no, we never share yeah. our picks. We just come in blind. Which is the best way to come in. It's magic. For us, yes, because yes. we create magic. Yes. For some reason, when I said that, all I could picture was three blind mice. Don't know where that came from. Uh, it's a very specific image in my head right now. See, this is part of the magic with the randomness of the things that come into our head. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember at one point talking at length about cannibals. And I don't know where that came from. That's funny because someone asked me what my favorite moment recording is. <laughs> and that is by far <laughs> my favorite tangent that has ever occurred is when, jokingly, I said, is cannibalism vegan and you said that's a great ethical question which might be the best response to anything ever because in terms of ethical questions I, that had never occurred to me and the continuation yeah of that was, i mean we just got real into you know how cannibalism would work yeah and i expressed a desire that you know hey i would go ahead and eat you when you know things yes. get dire yeah so so, so there's that that was early on too that was very odd was that like in the first 10 episodes somewhere in there? yes it yeah. was and i think it was one of those moments i remember watching your face and you're like i did not expect this today no and i don't know where to go with it but we're just gonna follow it but i'm here gonna follow and the thread we're still see going. what happens yes Aaron, i got a question for you oh, gosh, yeah do you ever get anxious before uh-huh. or during recordings uh not so much our weekly episodes anymore yeah um i think we're comfortable enough now that that doesn't and most of the time after a few minutes in i forget that we're recording yeah we're just talking (laughs) uh i will say that yes in terms of sometimes author interviews or a few things that we've done live um i definitely get anxious for Mm -hmm. those things that's just part of my personality it's always going to be that way definitely Uh, especially if i'm really invested in the author i get real sweaty Mm -hmm. oh god we should probably talk about the amount of sweat that it occurs. Should Just, we? Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Open book. <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know why I prefaced with we, we should <laughs> definitely talk about the fact that we sweat a lot, a lot of sweat. Coming out I mean, of I'm sure that's the first question on listeners' minds: is how much do you sweat yeah. during an episode? And the answer is a lot, a lot. A yeah, lot. even yeah. if we're not anxious, we do s- sweat for some reason. <laughs> Which, again, don't know why I thought it was necessary to talk about, but that's what happens. But that's what happens. Yes. It's it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you touched on it a little bit when you said why we we chose to do it the way we do. But would 
Why do you think that book podcasts are important in the publishing industry? And how do you think that we're different from like typical reviewers or the typical way people hear about books? Well, I think the main difference is, I think when a reviewer takes on a book, they are open to the possibility of liking it or not liking it. And they're going to talk about it either way. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people there is a value in seeing a negative review, but I always get very uncomfortable when mm -hmm. I see that kind of thing. So I knew personally I didn't want to do that, especially mm -hmm. on a format like this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one thing that book podcasts can do value-wise is maybe highlight books that aren't getting a lot of press or yes. aren't getting a lot of attention, small press books, things like that. You know, we've talked about that in the past, mm -hmm. but what do you think? Oh, no, I agree with that 100%. And I think, especially in a podcast format, I mean, a written reviewer, there's that's what people go there to find out. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes they go there because more often than not, they're, they're reviewing books that are getting a lot of publicity and they're kind of weighing it for you that way. And like you said, we were trying to bring maybe some older books or small presses, that type of thing. And why would you listen to an hour-long podcast just to be like, well, I guess I don't want to read that book. Uh, right. It yeah, just that seems, seems like, like a waste of time. It seems yeah. counterintuitive. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We want you to come and you're going to get four book you know, recommendations and you're gonna two pop culture. You're going to get excited about them. Yeah. yeah. You're going to know why we like it. You're going to know what to expect going in. And mm -hmm. that's more, I think, usually what I look for when I'm I'm the same as Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Ironically, yeah. we've had this conversation. I will sometimes look up negative book reviews if I don't like a book. To Almost support as affirmation. your own feelings. Yeah. Yes, like, am I missing sure. something? Is right. this great? And I just don't know it? <laughs> I guess. And can't. the answer is usually no. 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 It's just my imposter syndrome sneaking out in a exactly. weird way. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about our reading lives, because we do get that question. We do, do we read books the same week we recommend them? The answer is no. 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 That, <laughs> Not a chance. That would be a, a lot more pressure that our mm -hmm. already crippling anxiety couldn't handle, no. I don't think. And because of our format, we couldn't really do that. Because if no. I read a book that week, if, we, if they were pre-prescribed to us, yeah. and we read them for that week and we didn't like it, where yeah, we then at? we're screwed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I know, I think we probably do something similar. I'm reading books and then I'm always, if I think I want to talk about it on the podcast, I add it to my Goodreads list that I've set up separate that says yeah. potential for podcast. Uh -huh. And so each week when we choose a theme, I go look in that folder, see what what might apply right. of all the books that I've read. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the way I do it. And sometimes it's some one just pops right into my head. Mm -hmm. um, I use Goodreads a lot too for stuff I've read way in the past before we were doing the podcast. Yeah. Because sometimes I forget about books that, oh man, I loved that and I never had a chance to talk about it because we weren't doing a podcast. So I do enjoy that part. But yeah, I don't know how we could read them all in that week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'd be a lot of pressure. It'd be a lot of um, last minute, oh shit, this yeah. doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, I'll, I'm honest enough to say that I think one negative of the podcast for me is that there are books that you recommend that I would love to read. Me too. But they go to the bottom yep. because we've already recommended it yeah. and I don't have the time right now. Gotta read other stuff. Right. And so I would say that's one negative is that there's sometimes books that are like, oh gosh, that sounds so good. Mm -hmm. But you know, like, no, it's we're moving on. So that's an odd thing I didn't expect, mm -hmm. but it's just part of it. It's just part of it. The sacrifice we're willing to make <laughs> to be nimble AF. <laughs> we make so many sacrifices. Speaking so of sacrifices, um, I think some people think we may have additional help or support mm. as we create this podcast. No. And that's a big negatory. No. It's just you and me. It is. 
It's a lot of you. Let's be honest. I do no editing. <laughs> I do no technology. Amy does all that. So people ask, do we edit a lot? And Amy has a great editing touch. She edits out when I blow my nose into the microphone yeah. or sneeze or cough. Right. Or if we have long pauses where we look at each other and say, yep, I have those no idea what I was yep. going to say. Yeah. I, I cut those out. You cut those I out. I try to make us look good. Yeah. And not like we, you know, sneeze and burp and everything during yeah. the recording, which we do. We do. It happens. But we cut it out. It happens. We cut it out. Yeah. But we leave everything else in. We try to be yeah. very authentic. It's very real. It's exactly what we said. We never edit things or take quotes out of context oh, no. or anything yeah. like that. No. So and, and part of that is a decision and part of it is I, I'm not. I don't know enough about editing to get real, real in depth. Right, you know, right, yeah. I'm doing, uh, you, you know, a real DIY kind of thing. But it's working. Yeah, let's just be honest. So I do the technical side. Yes, you do the majority of our marketing. I do. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting and confounding at the same time because <laughs> social media is a fickle mistress. It is <laughs> not nimble. It's uh, oh, yeah, it's confusing AF. Yeah, uh-huh. I did. I did read uh, or I heard on a different podcast this week um, somebody saying they were it was two women around our age discussing whether or not they should have TikToks. And I was so appreciative <laughs> of one of them taking hard stand and being like, no, it's so cringy when someone our age has a t- like, Oh, God. Yeah, we're done. We yeah. have no we're out of that range. And that was somehow refreshing to me because it was was. Like, I don't have a desire. But then also, am I supposed to have a desire? I think I've been seeing some of that as I'm over this year sort of promoting my own book and I see what other authors are doing and I'm a part of like different Facebook groups of like marketing ideas, that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of things and like, listen, I'm 44 years old. I'm not going to get on book talk. I'm not going to do all of this stuff because yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be peak cringe. Peak cringe. And I don't want to give off peak cringe. No, no. I want to do. I want to give off the aloof writer. Yes. That's it. First of all. Let's just be honest. If we wanted to do it, we could. We're oh, nimble God. AF. Yeah. But I want to have the ability to say, I don't want to do that. Exactly. To I've, turn it down. Yes. We've to done say, 100 look, episodes. We would, we would dominate. Yeah. So. No. Just. I don't need to do it. And I don't want to do it. And no. I've lived long enough to have the right to say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I don't want to do it. So there it is. So instead, we do, you know, cat videos on Catterday. Yes. And I'll tell you what. That a gets joy. a lot of attention. It does. They're yes. a joy. Who doesn't yeah. want to see what the podcasts are up to? Exactly. Yes. I mean, I see it all the time, so I need to share it with all of yes. you. Yes. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's good for me to know that one of them's trying to hide in my chair. It's good for me to know <laughs> I'm under attack. right now? Who knows? I feel like no, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? So no, no additional staff or help. Nope. Other Just than me. friends that we sometimes bounce ideas off of or... Or, or make them come on the podcast, yes. like Heath. Yes. Like all of the readers that we interviewed mm-hmm. a while back. Yeah, yes. we will definitely depend on the good graces of our, our friends yes. and our group. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I have This is one that we've gotten to. Um, are there books that you've read that you've loved that you weren't sure how to share or weren't sure you it was too controversial or there was some part that was keeping you from bringing it? I think... For the most part, no, because I think we've achieved a sort of comfort in Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I think when people come to our podcast, they expect to hear some authenticity. Mm -hmm. We hope so anyway. So if there's parts of a book that we maybe struggle with or aren't quite sure about, we can bring that into a discussion and have some sort of, you know, 
uh, conversation about that that then is enlightening or interesting or mm-hmm. something. Um, so for the most part, I, I don't hesitate when it comes to that stuff. But what yeah. about you? Same. I think at the beginning, maybe it was a little hard to be in yes. your head like, oh, is this a book that's going to appeal to people? Mm-hmm. And then once we got going, we're like, that's not what we want to do anyway. Like, yeah. We just want to talk about books and we hope you enjoy it. And yeah, it's got to be authentic. I would say the only time that I can think of like that pops right into my head um, was uh, memoir of a body or the fact of a body. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I read that and I loved it and I knew I wanted to talk about it, mm-hmm. but it took me a while to process in what way I wanted to talk about it or yeah. how to bring it up. Yeah. Um, Cause it's such a unique book and it brings a lot of different things to the table. It's kind of to, to recommend it to someone is very specific. I yeah. feel like, but that's like one of the only times and I knew I was going to talk about it. It was more just my own mental state of being like, okay, when does this fit in the best? And so. that was one of those cases where I broke the rules and I read something that you had already talked about because yeah. you talked about that book with such passion and yeah. eloquence and like it sounded so amazing. I was like, well, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that. And then we talked to Alex yeah. Marzano Lesnovich. And that was amazing. That was so amazing. That was that was a good, that was a highlight for sure. I think most of our author interviews, we come away a little in love with uh, the people that we talk to. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. The way they talk about books. Yes. The way they, they just are. They're cool. They just are. Yeah. Which brings up another question that we get sometimes, which is like, do you um, get books from publishers or authors and how do you handle that? Do you automatically recommend those books or what do you do Mm. with that? I think uh, over time, um, we've gotten on some lists of uh, publishers and publicists and things like that. So we do get a number of authors, authors, offers. Yeah. Let's enunciate that word. Offers. Offers on, hey, would you like to read this book? Hey, would you like to talk to this author? And we think about it from the context of like, oh, that sounds interesting. We'll read that. But we never promise that we're going to talk about it. Mm-mm. It's always just happy to hear about a book we hadn't heard about. Let's yeah. see if we like it. And if we like it, we'll talk about it. Yes. And that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And so all the author interviews, I mean, we approach because we really enjoy their book or one of us recommended it, whatever it was, but there's a tie somehow. Like yeah. we're excited to talk to that person. We don't just take offers and say, yeah, we'll talk to that person and put it on. Like it's that's just not really our yeah. style. And, and I think we would lose the authenticity that we're going for. because Absolutely. Because we have to have some passion in yeah. it in order to, yeah. It's not, we're not sponsored. It's not an ad. So you can't just buy space here and we're going to talk about it mm-hmm. so there's been like a bajillion podcasts especially during the p- pandemic oh yeah that popped up yeah what do you what how do you think that we're different or like what niche do you think that we fill specifically in the book podcast world mm-hmm. i think that our focus on themes is unique don't mm-hmm. you think yeah um and i think that our format that includes two different kinds of books along with pop culture is very unique yes. as well i think uh you know, when you and I were doing initial research for this, we found a lot of podcasts that would focus on one book over an hour or two hours. And that felt like a gamble to us because a, what if our listeners weren't interested in that book and B, I don't know, that just seems like a lot. And again, there was some negative talk about it as well. Well, yeah. And, and a deep dive into a book like that, I mean, you're basically going to learn everything about the book. Yeah. You know, it's hard yeah. to have an hour-long conversation about a book without spoilers. Right. So, Which I don't want any of that. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that we do. I think you're right about that. And I think that it's 
it's not another way, especially now, post-pan, not post-pandemic, can't say that yet, but mm-hmm. I think some of them that came out, they're more um, polished or produced yeah. and marketed. Yeah. Um, and that's not just... Or not under the umbrella of places like Lit Hub yes. or Book Riot. Yeah. And that's all terrific. Yes. But yeah, we're we're scrappy. We are scrappy. <laughs> scrappy and nimble. Scrappy, yeah, scrappy, scrappy and, and nimble, nimble, which is AF. a f- dangerous combination. That's a deadly potent That's why we're at combo. 100. That's right. Mic drop. <laughs> but I won't actually do it. Let's talk about some favorites. Yes. What do you think was your favorite theme? Oh, gosh. Um, or a favorite theme. Yeah, that's tough. I'm trying to think of it as I ask that, too. I know. there. There's been so many. And so many times it's the song, too, that just yes. gets me. And then I think about it forever. Yeah. And we can't stop. I, I have to say that one of the ones that I loved the most early on was Girls Gone Wild. Mm. It was just a fun theme. It was great to to talk about books like that um haters we love to hate is another one because i love the idea of dislikable characters characters. and we talked a lot about that and how much we love that in a book so Mm -hmm. personally i really like those yeah um but yeah i think there's so many to choose from i was thinking specifically of the i'm a man theme yeah because i really liked the idea because obviously we are feminist and we talk a lot about women and on a few occasions we've kind of flipped it and in that one we talked about masculinity and toxic masculinity and that was a really interesting conversation there was a Mm -hmm. lot of interesting stuff we did another one recently about the emotional labor that we do versus men that was a good one sometimes it's fun to talk about that and to vent and cathartic yes to share yes yes absolutely do you have a favorite, I mean, this is like picking a favorite child, I imagine, but do you have a favorite author interview? I do. Who? Can you guess? Sarah Weinman? Yeah. <laughs> I think you were the most pumped about that one. I was. I think I revealed that the day of the interview, you texted me in all caps, it's Sarah Weinman Day with like 15 exclamation points. I did. And, and that's not taking away anything from any of the other no, authors. Because I have loved pumped. all of those authors. But I just, something about the way Sarah Weinman writes, it just really speaks to me. I yeah. love everything. I religiously follow her column. I just am like about it. Mm-hmm. And so when she, I just thought to me too, which this is, okay, this is some behind the scenes information. Yeah. Which just shows you the ride or dieness here. I'm so invested in Sarah Weinman that Amy pitched her without telling me. Yes. In case she said in no. In case she said no. I didn't want to crush your spirit. Which is so fair because I would have been devastated. So when she responded yes, I was able to say, guess what? We have this coming. And then you could get appropriately excited. I lost my mind yeah. for like 24 hours. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever give you a gift that's better than that. No, that was no, a great No, I think gift. that's it. That yeah. was actually, wasn't it during my birthday week too? <laughs> I think it was. It was. It was actually a great It's gift. like I intended it that way. I didn't, but no. I'll claim that I did. But yeah, yeah that was mm-hmm. a great one. But I have loved a lot of them. So Do you many have a of them. favorite? I was trying to think in my head, like I, I really enjoyed our conversation with Mona Wad. Mm-hmm. I think she that was, was wonderful. Um, there's been a number of people that I have fangirled out at, yeah. including Andrea Lawler, mm. Carter Sickles. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to Carter about Bowie all day. You did. Um, A.E. Osworth was such a fun conversation. That was so great. Yeah. That came at a great time, it too. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think every single one of ours, we've had moments where I'm like, this is so cool, connecting with this really cool person, mm-hmm. this really creative, you know, interesting person. 
I loved Nana Kwame Adjobrenya oh, too. Yeah. That one was amazing. Yeah. And I think that the format we chose in which we're asking them about their favorite books is always a knockout because obviously all of these writers love reading. That's right. why they came yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to hear about things they're it passionate is. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very. Um, in terms of, you know, I mean, we always have tangents. We always have moments. Mm-hmm. You mentioned one when I uh, considered the ethics of mm-hmm. cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other favorite moments during recording? That one's way up there for me. Yeah. Um, I have truly, really enjoyed Heath. Oh, having Heath God. as a... He fits in very well with us. He really does. Some of the insights he brings just... I really... That yeah. really gets me. I really enjoy that. Um, I'm trying to think of other... I mean, we've lost it quite a few times. Many times to the point where we're not quite sure how to end the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, because I, I'm really invested in in comedy to some degree like it's yes. one of my favorite genres that i think when i can get you to laugh uncontrollably <laughs> those are my favorite moments because that's just my personality yes. so especially if i say something that i don't even think is that funny but it really takes you, i i enjoy that so I, we hope that happens a lot yes but. You know. Yeah, I think it's the the random moments that you're not expecting. Like Larry comeuppance for some reason <laughs> always it made me laugh very hard, very very hard. And even after you left yeah. the studio that day, I was like, I don't know where that came from, and I love it. I know. Yeah, I don't know where it came from, but he's and uh, Satan in overalls, <laughs> Satan in little overalls. What's little overalls <laughs> sticking out? So yeah, I I think all of them, anytime we can get you telling a story about the fact that you attract every weirdo imaginable. I do. That is true. That's wonderful. Like your lip sense story, your, Mm -hmm. you know, the story about the lady with the like platform heels that was stealing Diet Pepsi. Was that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just all the time. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. Both like the, that's part of what we like about the podcast. We try to be very open and honest and bring the stuff that we would talk about normally if we were just Mm -hmm. having a meal so that's kind of the energy we always want to bring and i think that that's yeah when it's magic and it's fun for us too it's not just like performative we're really enjoying ourselves (laughs) like if you really can't hear me and i'm laughing i'm laughing hard there's another thing that i have to edit sometimes when we get into those stories and we lose it so hard we're kind of crying and can't quite get our breath out And there's just moments of like dead air where we're crying into our own, you know, Mm -hmm. laps. Mm -hmm. I cut that out, too, because, you know. That's fair. Because you can't see it and you You don't know what's happening. It It just sounds like hyena noises. And it sounds like maybe like something happened. You're driving. You're like, did my podcast turn off? Oh, no, they're just laughing really hard again. Great. Great, 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 great. Yeah. A favorite, I think, last question. I mean, do you have a favorite thing about recording the podcast? We kind of touched on this. Yeah. But. It's just being able to talk about books. Yeah. Like having an arena to talk about books in length and bring them to other people is just top notch. Yeah. I love it's, it. And it's so fun when we hear from listeners, too, and hear about fun that they get or it... it uh, one of our listeners has told us about like going into the grocery store with headphones and just laughing to yes. herself and being that strange person in the store, just laughing along with us. And that makes us very, very happy. It does. Yes. And that same person will sometimes randomly text us. They might be a little behind yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> and they'll randomly text us things and I'll have forgotten about it. Totally forgot it about it. It makes me laugh so hard. Yes. I forget that we said that or talked about it because we're a hundred episodes in. A hundred in, episodes in and there's so many moments of comedy gold. We can't remember them all. We can't, I, can't be, I can't be tasked with that. Yeah. No, I can't be. 
I mean, they just come out and then they they live and they that's, live in the world. They live in the world. We bore them because during our recording, at least, we're living at a hundred percent. Hundred. We bring 100. it hundred all day long. So as we said, our theme mm-hmm. is uh, we're talking about people or stories of living at 100%, living to their fullest, no matter what. I don't know why every time we say living at 100%. Living at 100%. I have no idea why this is. Let me just preface that. Okay. For some reason, I'm flashing to a NASCAR race. Wow. I thought maybe you were going for Live in La Vida Loca. I don't know oh. why you would go NASCAR. I don't know why. Because I picture some guy in like an American flag suit with a flag, you know, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. Like, I don't know why. I have no idea why. I mean, that tracks. Yeah. I have no idea why, but. And NASCAR has nothing to do with this. It really does. And I know nothing about NASCAR, which is probably clear from that story. But I... <laughs> it sounds it, it just sounds, sounds like logical. something like yeah. intense. So for my fiction pick, yeah, um, it's funny that I mentioned Mona Wad before because I'm choosing her latest book, All's Well. Nice. And I mean Mona Wad all damn day. Remember that when we talked to her, you were very nervous that she would start her own podcast. I was. Are you still nervous about that? I mean, I think it's fair to yeah. keep that fear in the front. Absolutely. I will fear say, keeps us nimble. It does. Yeah. And I will say that she was early on in our author interviews. She was. And she was one of the ones that I thought, oh, this is like, this is going to work. Like, yeah. this is very cool. Like, this Absolutely. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. And Mona Wad's the author of Bunny, mm-hmm. uh, which I chose as my favorite pick of the year, I uh-huh. think, in 2019. Mm-hmm. And also 13 Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl, which uh-huh. is tremendous. Yeah. And so her latest is All's Well. Mm-hmm. And this is about Miranda, who is a theater teacher at this small college in the middle of nowhere. Um, She used to be an actress until she fell from the stage one night and then had a series of botched surgeries and interventions that have left her with excruciating chronic pain. In the process, her husband left her. Mm. She's pretty dependent on pills now. And there's a mutiny among her theater students who they want to put on that semester Macbeth and she wants to put on All's Well That Ends Well, which is the show that she was playing when she uh, fell off. And she has this really emotional connection. And the students right. are like, that sucks. We want to do Macbeth. Uh-huh. Then one night at a Scottish bar, she meets three strangers. They know her. These are three dudes. They know her. They know her pain. And they say that there's a fix that you can actually transfer your pain to someone else. Oh. And then she's suddenly pain free. And she can do all the things she wants to again. She can act and she can move and she can seduce this teacher that she's been hot after and she can subdue her students and she can live her life at a hundred. And there's just that thing about, you know, like she's given giving her pain away to yeah. other people. So I chose it for this theme because before this happens, she's just living the shell of a life. And it's uh-huh. it's very frustrating because she had envisioned all these plans for her. She had thought about stardom. She had thought about this creative uh, beauty. And the worst part about it is a lot of people think that she's making it up. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes to all these different doctors and all these different uh, healthcare professionals. They all kind of look at her like, all oh, right, we're doing everything right. What's wrong with you? Right. The administrators at her college think she's making it up. Even some of her friends don't oh. quite believe her. And so when she gives the when she gets the chance to live fully again, I mean, she takes it. And what's so wonderful, you remember how she writes, Mono Wad yes. writes. She goes balls out and she is living crazy. Like if you wanna see just 
nutty, like I am going to live forever kind of. It's wonderful. Of course, she has to reckon with the fact that she may have passed her pain on to a couple of her nemeses. And, you know, I mean, it's like, well, do they deserve it or do they not? Who knows? Right. So and that includes a particularly mansplaining doctor, which is very nice, um, an infuriating student and potentially more. So I I loved it for all the reasons that I mentioned. I really like the idea about like female pain not being believed. Mm -hmm. I think we understand that. We see that a lot. Mm -hmm. I also like the idea of what it means to live fully as a woman. You know, what it means to live at 100%. And does that mean like just doing whatever you damn well please? Does it mean hurting other people? Like it's there's a lot of rich stuff here. Does it mean being 100% that bitch? Yes, it does. Yeah. Why didn't we name the show that? I guess that's not the title of the song. Truth hurts, and we've used Lizzo, right? Yes, we have. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Lizzo knows how much we love her, so So we're not betraying her. Yeah, yeah. No, Mm -hmm. this was a perfect theme. Yes, you know. Yeah, hundred percent pure love. Yeah, pure. I pronounce that word. Pure love. You kind of went like Macbeth with it. I did. I took yeah. a, a theater. 100% pure love by Crystal Rogers. <laughs> that reminds me of our talk with Chanel Benz when she told us about the teacher oh, yeah. that would read from the book and yes. the storm was coming yeah. and get real theatrical. Yeah. That's Miranda here. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds amazing. It's wonderful. As of course, because it's yes. walk, But Well, I picked a book that was published in 2020. It's called Ghosts by Dolly... Alderton. You may have heard of her as a writer. She also used to do a podcast called The High Low with one of her friends. Mm. Um, But this book came out in 2020. It opens with Nina, who's a food writer um, for magazines, kind of turned author. She has a cookbook kind of slash memoir, and then she's releasing some other ones. So she's just at the point in her life where she's writing full time as a career. Um, And she has decided she's going to try some dating apps after being single for her while for a long time and her only long-term relationship has ended so they live in north london she's still friends with joe her ex uh which is such an interesting part of why i like this book but he has a new girlfriend she has other friends that are married and have kids and she's like okay i think it's time she's it's a 32nd birthday she gets out there she meets this great guy and everything seems to be going well until it's not And we follow her all the way through this relationship and then through her friendships as they're changing, as they're all kind of at different points. And we also follow her while she's dealing with her dad, who's now in the throes of Alzheimer's Mm. and what that's doing to his relationship with her mom, her relationship with her mom. Um, This book is funny. It's emotional, but it also feels very realistic. None of the characters are perfect or 100% confident in their decisions, but they also operate like adults, which is very refreshing. The main character, Nina, is a great example of living 100% because she's not doubting her. I mean, she doesn't not doubt things. I think mm-hmm. we all do that. We all have think, oh, if I had done this differently or if I had made a different choice. But she's still confident enough to say, well, I did it, and this is where we are now. And I really like that as a character. I thought that she was very grounding. I really liked this idea that she was friends with her ex. It was very amicable, and even his girlfriend was okay with it. Um, She had these very adult relationships. She has a friend who is married and having her second baby, and she kind of has to call the friend out at a point for saying, like, you don't value my life the same way you value your family life. Like, you think that I just have all this free time. Oh, wow, yeah. And it, it just felt very realistic but also very refreshing you know that there's a way in this world to have 
have conversations that are difficult or uncomfortable without it being some big drama blown thing. Like we're mm-hmm. just never friends again, you know? Yes. So I really liked that that in the writing but I also just really liked Nina as a character she's very confident in what she feels and how she thinks or would like the world to operate Mm -hmm. she's confident in her work she's confident in her family friendships and she's also confident in this relationship that as the reader sometimes you kind of realize isn't going anywhere and she says you know what I'm in control of it and I'll end it when I want to and Mm. it is a really refreshing way to follow a protagonist. And it made me feel like that's living 100%. It's just living, not everything's going to go perfect. Not everything's going to go your way, but you're just dealing with it and you're living your life and you're not allowing that to doubt the very essence of you. You're allowing that to be what it is. That person is, that's their issue. Mm -hmm. Or nope, that's mine. Because I'm, you know, she comes to a reckoning with her relationship with her parents about things that she's holding on to and she kind of has to work through. But then she also knows when to say, hey, like you're not treating me fairly. And I think we don't have enough of that sometimes, yeah, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. Or we don't have enough characters that do that. Because the the cliche is is drama and mm-hmm. emotional craziness and some sort of neurotic yeah. lady. Yeah. Yes. And it's super entertaining. Like this whole the whole book is so entertaining and fun and it was funny, but there was also times that were incredibly emotional and tender and you really felt for her. And I just thought, you know, if that's if that's a person to emulate right there. Yeah. yeah, That sounds terrific. Yeah. Do you think that like living at 100% is all about like confidence? Do you think that there's a room still to have some self-doubt when you're doing that? Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to know when to have self-doubt and when not to. I don't yeah. think you can live without self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Then you're just a narcissist and we don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's important to know, like, wait a minute, am I... Because I think self-doubt sometimes gets a negative connotation, like you're insecure. Right. And those are two different things. I think, yeah. Self-doubt is saying, like, did I handle this the best way I could? Am I approaching this the way that I want to? Is this going, like, how I want to? And that doesn't necessarily mean a commentary on your own person. It's just, are my actions reflecting what I want right Mm. now? And I, I think that there's a difference. We get caught up in like, oh, well, you should doubt yourself or you're not. That's just how you react and you shouldn't react that way. We make it very personal. Yeah. And I think to me, living 100% is not that you're confident in everything, but just, you know, I'm going to own the decision and yeah. whatever happens afterwards, I'll deal with that. Yeah. You know, kind of taking it as it comes as opposed to being like, well, I'm going to mess it up because I'm a fuck up or I'm, yeah. You know, I think that's one thing that you and I saw in each other as we were starting this podcast too is our mutual ability to like we we doubt ourselves all the time. Yes. But at the same time, we own our past, we own the decisions that we made, we own some of the embarrassment, like we own a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff and that's why we talk about that mm-hmm. to sort of show like, you know, it, it's okay okay to be you know embarrassed about things it's okay to be maybe even ashamed of things it's like that's just it's okay part to of be flawed yeah. like there's just no way to get to this point and not be flawed and Absolutely. i i think we forget that sometimes i feel like after i got to a certain point i no longer looked at certain things in my life and said gosh i wish that didn't happen me too instead i look at it and say man i wish i had the tools i had now yes but that knowing that I wouldn't be the person I am without those exactly. experiences. Yeah. So I can't really take anything out because if I'm ha- I'm happy where I am now. Mm-hmm. So I can't say, well, shoot, I wish I had, you know, exactly. done all these different things because that's a good I point. I think age softens regret mm-hmm. because yeah. yeah, we are looking back and we're like, well, listen, I mean, we're feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. And yeah, there was some rough times, but 
That's what yeah. got me here. Right, right. And not having regrets doesn't mean that there aren't things that you're ashamed of Absolutely. or you wish didn't happen yeah. or anything like that. It's just getting to the point where you say, like, that doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve yeah. me to just regret it. It only serves me to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And once you learn from it, you're like, well, I can't take it away or I wouldn't have learned these things. Yeah. So you can't really have one without the other. And I think that all comes down to 100% that bitch. I think that's I, um, what that really yes. means. I think, you know, for a long time, I was like 60% that bitch. <laughs> and then I inched my way up. I think over time, it's been like an up on the graph and then way down on the graph. Yes. And up on yes. the graph. Like a big old and roller that's coaster. that's realistic, isn't yes. it? Some yes. days I'm like 120% that bitch. No and then it. other days I'm like, I got 10%. Yes. I got 10% today. That's what you get. <laughs> I start a day and then I hear all three cats vomiting and I'm like, I'm at 10% now. I am 10% I started that real good and now I am not. I'm not. I'm just this is not. not good. No. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I agree. Also, when you said no regrets, I kept thinking of that guy in We're the Millers with Jason Stakis who had no regrets tattooed, but it was spelled <laughs> wrong. And he's like, really? No regrets? <laughs> so relatable. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a that's a whole choice as a neck tattoo or a upper chest tattoo because yeah. if you mess that up, that's... Woo. You can't really like, hide that one. tattoos, oh, have you seen boy. those? And I think every day for the rest of your life. Yep. What if at any point you're like, you know what? I don't really like vines yeah. anymore. <laughs> I don't like them. You know what? I don't like flames. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. know why I ever thought a flame was good. Mm-mm. Or like this middle finger on my forehead. <laughs> What if someday I don't oh, want to say that? that was going to be my next one. That's a bummer. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe a tram stamp in the middle Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm imagining an undressing scenario. And we're like, whoa, didn't expect that. That's how I feel. Get your clothes back on. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're looking to end the situation, that might help right there. Hey, you're like, you check just- it. Check it out. Check it. Check, check out my latest out. tattoo. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we could find temporary tattoos. And I that. just saw a place, Ooh. and they're supposed to last for like five weeks or something. Oh boy. Okay. So if I get back out there and dating, I need a supply of those just in case. Like, listen, <laughs> please, you're not getting please. the message. Turn around. See this, please. If you decide to go back into that world, <laughs> I insist on coming over before every date and applying <laughs> your tattoo. <laughs> Oh, now that's ride or die. Right? Fucking ride or die. Yeah. Well, yes. You get your middle finger situated <laughs> and off you go. <laughs> Have fun. Yes. Well, other genre book, yes. there's really nothing related to what we were talking oh, about right. except tattoos. Oh, oh. The author of this became a well-renowned tattooist. Oh. So there is a connection. Look at that. Yes. God. We're so good at that this. That was a great transition. Yeah. So the name of this book, it is a memoir. It's called Sai Gone. A Misfits Memoir of Great Books, Punk Rock, and the Fight to Fit In. Oh, my God. Did you write this? <laughs> I, that's why I got this. Because I was like, this feels this feels like it was written for me yeah. in a way. Except, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the author's name is Fuktron. Mm-hmm. And Fook and his family come to America during the fall of Saigon in okay. 1975. And they are brought to a small town in Pennsylvania and they, as a family, they set to work doing what refugees are supposed to do, right? Assimilate. Mm-hmm. Be good Americans. Do all the things. Forget the past. Don't worry about the guy at the grocery store that looks at you and is freaking out because he's a Vietnam vet and you are Vietnamese. J- just keep moving. Keep right. going on. Yeah. Right. Right. So Fook is a young boy. He feels this huge pressure to fit in, to be American, but to still honor and recognize his family's legacy right. and, uh, and their past. 
and deal with a family dynamic that's getting more and more difficult and the father getting more and more abusive. And that is a lot for a kid. And he finds solace and refuge in two things, books and punk rock. And again, I was like, that that feels real. That feels very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Through books, he finds stories of people who learn how to be human. Um, And he also finds a potential way out because then he gets very involved in academics and finds a way to go to college and to Mm. do all the things. Um, And through punk, he can rebel and he can rage and he can find a group of misfits like him. And Mm -hmm. so he can connect in that way. And a really engaging tale. I like, too, how it's organized around all the different books that he's reading. Like each chapter is named for a book. Yeah. Very cool. So I chose it for this theme because I think... You know, there's, it's so complex to think about living a full life, mm-hmm. especially if you're caught between worlds and cultures mm-hmm. like he is, while also trying to find a way to live fully through art, whether that's what he's reading, whether that's what he's listening to, whether that what is then what he creates as a tattoo artist now. And it, so it's a very engaging tale, a very um, relatable tale, no matter where you come from. Uh, it's, you know... Just teenage rebellion, but also with all these added pressures of everything and trying to figure out what it means to live fully. I think that's great. And I think, too, like what I kept thinking as I was writing notes for this and thinking about how it relates to the theme is you start to wonder, like, can you live fully when you're living in a system of oppression? Yeah. Whether that's oppression via race, Mm -hmm. via culture, via class, Mm -hmm. via gender. I think it's much more difficult to be the person that you want to be when you're contending with all of these extra forces, you know? And so that book made me think a lot about that. I mean, we've talked about that so much when it comes to gender. Like, how can we be the full person that we're supposed to be when the world wants us to do all of these things? Right. Yeah, and that's at odds with what we know we want to do. Yes. Yeah, that's a good good It's terrific. And then I looked at his tattoos, and he's a wonderful artist. And I want to find him and have him tattoo me. Where does he live? I... Forgot to look that oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. My bad follow-up question at that point. Okay, you just made it. That's fine. We don't have to make it a reality. That's he fine. lives in America. Okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's closer than you know Vietnam. It is. It is. Uh, the book that I picked for other genre, I'm still not even sure what genre this fits in. Oh, I mean, that's I think fun. I do, but it's called A Touch of Jen by Beth Morgan. Okay. This was just published in July of this year. And I'm just going to preface this by saying this is weird. We love a weird book, though. If you like weird, this, and I'm, I just want to preface that this goes a lot of different places you didn't expect. And there's a lot of times that this book I almost turned around. And then I thought, no, something here is pro- is like making me go forward. And wow. did I did not see where it was going. Let me tell you that. Okay. So this is Remy and Alicia are 20-somethings. They're a couple. And they're obsessed with Remy's former colleague and constant crush. Jen. So they live together, but they're kind of, they have a roommate, like they're just working, they're a waitress and, um, or she works at a retail place and he's a waiter. They're just kind of muddling through. They just don't know what they want to do. And you get the sense that maybe Alicia wants a little more and Remy's kind of stuck. Like Mm -hmm. it's, their relationship is very toxic. Like he's very cruel and she's kind of like obsessed with social media and, and that type of thing. So they're obsessed with Jen's Instagram. And they spend a lot of their time together dissecting her photos, her travels, her choices. Like, oh, look at she's doing this. And it even infiltrates into their bedroom. 
where it's very clear that Remy's still holding a flame for her and Alicia's sort of playing along either out of her own want or because she wants Remy we're not really sure of her motivations Mm -hmm. at first so a chance meeting with Jen at the mall lands them an invitation to a weekend surf trip with Jen's very wealthy boyfriend. And he has this house and a bunch of the friends are going. And Remy knows Jen because they used to work together. And so he also knows a few of her friends. So they go on this weekend and it's very clear that they are very out of place. Like they are the two that everybody's like, why'd you invite them? But they, Remy doesn't care. He plods through and he's basically a jerk to everyone, including his girlfriend, except for Jen. He's one-minded for Jen. Alicia is very awkward and in a cringy way where she shares too much and people are like, oh my gosh. Like you just feel (laughs) uncomfortable for her Uh quite a uh few times. And as they come off this weekend, you get this sense like things are rapidly increasing. Like this is getting weird. Like now they've had an encounter with Jen and now their bedroom encounters are getting weirder and things are really escalating. And all of a sudden Alicia's like calling herself Jen. And like there's... There's some weirdness happening. And all of a sudden, while all that's going on, you are going to get just a doozy from left field you didn't see coming. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. But And it ends in a weird sci-fi thriller. I'm still not sure what category it belongs in. Wow. There's so many things going on here. And I. this is one of those books, speaking to what we talked about early on, that leaves you in a very... Like, at first, I was like, I'm not sure I would recommend Mm -hmm, that. I don't mm -hmm. know what I just went through. Mm -hmm. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, that is genius. Like, the social media commentary alone that that, this book provides, fascinating. But it's also really interesting about how much of our lives are our own. How much do we spend modeling after someone else? How much are we the things that we want because we see other people have them without really examining is that really truly what I want or I want it because I see that person having it Mm -hmm. and that's such an interesting question to me in terms of our theme of living at 100 does that mean you're making all your own choices does that mean that you're not sucked into that stuff like where where how does that work how does that fall out and also because they perceive that Jen is living her life at 100 like Mm -hmm. they think she's just Mm -hmm. this great person that has to have their life you know they want to emulate that and the more you get to know jen you're like i'm not sure that that's yeah. where it should yeah. be so very interesting like i said i think it's part social commentary part relationship dissection part supernatural and it manages to deliver all of that wow somehow very well but in the, the weirdest strangest tale I think I'm going to have to break my rule and read that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's odd. And I, and I want to tell everyone to to stick with it because there are times when you're going to think, where where is this going? Like, uh-huh. This just seems uh-huh. like a lot of discussion about Instagram. Like, where am I getting, <laughs> you know? And I w- was glad that I finished. It's, it's odd. It's an odd one. Yeah, but that sounds so good. And I love that idea of like there being a fake 100, like a, living at a fake 100%. Yeah. Like everything you see on Instagram and Facebook is everyone at their peak mm-hmm. and it's not real. No. And so then we get a convoluted sense of what that really means to live fully yes yeah yeah and i think that that is i don't want to make a blanket statement like this but i'm gonna that i feel like the people that i really admire i look at and think oh man they're living 100 social media doesn't factor in yes because so much of that is performative and Mm -hmm. look at me and look at this and look how i'm living and look how great everything is because nobody's like in 
very few are people are like, hey, this is me in my bed today because I'm just, I can't do it. Exactly. You like, know? I'm depressed today. Yeah. Like, feeling real bad. Had a few panic attacks. You're not posting that. No. Yeah. No. Like, I'm not, the, I found this weird mole. I'd like to ask people, <laughs> but I'm just going to search Google images and keep it to myself. <laughs> my body's doing weird stuff. Why? And I don't know. Why? Yeah. What it's, what's happening? I think the science world would be fascinated with how this hair grew this fast out uh-huh. of my chin when uh-huh. it wasn't there yesterday, but yeah. I'm not going to post that i'm gonna post it it's kind of gonna be like you know hashtag blessed here's my family (laughs) hashtag blessed that i have tweezers because what the hell (laughs) i think if i ever saw a post from you that had hashtag blessed i would be very concerned and feel like you were kidnapped would you have an intervention yes i think you would be held against your will or something and so i would try and find a way to be like okay communicate with me like blink to me like the i like true that. message is that like our safe word that'll be like a key so we know if one of us gets kidnapped hashtag yes! blessed. that's perfect it's amazing so if we text that to each other we'll realize oh shit true crime is happening serious trouble <laughs> serious trouble i will tell you that amy did one of the nicest things ever in recent weeks and offered me an emergency call in a situation yeah. I wasn't sure that I wanted to go to. Yeah. And the emergency call context was, I don't know why. The cats need you. I don't know why. They just said, come. <laughs> and I love that so much because the idea of saying that to someone, just I wanted to do it. Even, yeah. Even though I didn't end up needing to get out of that situation, I right. wanted to say, the podcasts need me. I don't know why, but I have to leave. And just leave in a flurry of activity yeah i thought it was a foolproof excuse because no one's gonna ask like why would they need you no by the time they recover i'm gone yeah to ask that question i'm in i'm jetted right see ya and you know cats don't give their motivations anyway so you just have to do what you they want go with it yeah to, are you doubting my cat's motivation <laughs> how dare you how dare you i just really liked the idea that the podcast would reach out to you who are allergic to them well i like the idea time that they distress. would reach out through you yes like they'd be like listen amy you need to get a hold of erin we're gonna need her here pronto by the way we didn't really discuss why we have podcasts in the first place but when you and i first started recording we realized oh fiona who was the podcast at the time she's meowing through the whole fucking episode we need to just find a way to bring her in yeah because otherwise there's no way to edit this out and hence podcast and one of us said podcast and the other one couldn't recover yeah and And here we are here we are yeah Yeah. Yeah. many cats later many cats now we have multiple podcasts now there's so Mm -hmm. many fucking podcasts Mm Because Amy's heart is very large. It's too big. And it I is, can't handle it. I know. I know. But it's nice. It's a nice thing. It's yeah. not something you should feel bad about. Look yeah. at how happy and thriving they are. They are happy and thriving. And damn, they look good on Instagram. Thelma is so happy that she tried to steal my clothes today to make herself a cape. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So Aaron just got back from vacation and you're wearing a vacation outfit. You came over to the house and I was like, oh shit, are we going to a garden party? Yeah. The answer was No. Your laundry just hasn't been done yet. You didn't <laughs> no. want to dirty any more clothes. And I thought that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it involves a white cardigan that mm-hmm. could, in occasion, look like a cape. And at oh. one point, Thelma just came over, snagged her claw on your cape, and, and tried to pull to it off. Away. She started to walk away <laughs> like I was just going to give it up freely. <laughs> and my logic behind that is I've been rewatching Once Upon a Time. And maybe, you know, she's watching it with me. And maybe she got real caught up in the whole like royalty and evil queens and stuff like that and just wanted a cape. I think so. Because she's That's a queen. how much they're thriving. They don't yeah. have to worry about food and shelter anymore. Nope. They've moved on to royalty. <laughs> They've moved on to Castles outerwear. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm living at 100%. 
with so many damn cats. So many cats. So many cats. Give me your living 100 pop culture pick. Oh boy, you're going to like this okay, one. I can't remember if you've seen this yet or not. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. No, I haven't. You okay. told me to watch it, though. All right. This came out earlier this year, and it is now unavailable on Hulu, so you can go watch it to your heart's mm. content. And this is Kristen Wiig mm. and Annie Momolo, mm-hmm. who are the geniuses behind Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And they play two middle-aged women in a small Midwest town who work at a furniture store, and they spend their time talking on one of the couches to the point that when they someone wants to buy the couch, they say, no, this is our talking couch. So they suck at their job. Yeah. And they get fired right oh. at the beginning. And when that happens, they realize they're in a major rut. So they decide to go on vacation to the most glamorous place they could imagine, Vista Del Mar in Florida. Sure. Yep, 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 yep. They go and they explore, they relax, they have fun. They're collecting all the kitschy tourist items, like all those like kiosks on the beach. This is prime yeah. stuff for Barb and Star. Okay. Okay. And they meet a handsome fellow played by Jamie Dornan, mm. who I'd never seen in a role like this, and it is absolutely gold. Okay. Um, he's actually working as a spy for a very abusive supervillain. Oh. And she is also played by Kristen Wiig. Oh. There are hijinks galore. There are some songs, including one by Jamie Dornan. Oh. There is Kristen Wiig in some of the best and worst wigs you'll ever see in your life. Oh, my gosh. Um, it is prime ridiculous comedy that had me crying laughing at various points. But also, like, great, kind of like Bridesmaids, some great stuff about friendship, about yeah. ride or die friendship and what that actually means. And I chose it for this theme because I think Barb and Star decide that they're living at zero and they can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. They have to go all balls out. They have to go to Vista Del Mar. And while they're there, living 100% means different things. Um, <clears throat> one of them is going to find romance again. Yeah. One of them is going to find she's an adrenaline junkie and loves all the beach activities. Yeah. They want to live at 100% and they do it. And we get the glorious comedy of it. And I will also say that there is a moment after a night out with the three of them where they wake up all on top of each other and... I was laughing so hard and I took a screenshot and I sent it to you and Heath Uh and I said that this should be our next promo shot and you all agreed. We just haven't made it happen yet. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to. Yeah. So watch out for that. We're going to make a Heath sandwich. Mm -hmm. I think he'll like it. I think he will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see nothing wrong with it, really. (laughs) (laughs) So Barb and Star, seriously, if you're looking for some, some comedy. Here it is. And some Kristen Wiig comedy in particular. Mm -hmm. Go for it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, I went a little darker. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, this is a Amazon Prime documentary that I can't stop talking about. And it came out just a couple weeks ago. It's called Lula Rich. I will say that you have talked to a couple people about this in our pres- in my presence. And they have then evangelized this because they went home and watched it, told our whole book club about it, told all of our friends groups about it. It's spreading. It's spreading. Because it you. should. Yes. As it should. This is the story of leggings wait did you say the name of it yeah lula rich okay yeah <laughs> this is the story of leggings of an mlm oh, God, of a yeah. pyramid scheme mm-hmm. crazy makeup mm-hmm. and bigger than life characters mm. and there is but nothing documentary has ever been made that has intrigued me more right from the jump because you had everything i like including leggings. <laughs> i do like a good pair of leggings. i mean who doesn't yeah, yeah. crazy makeup big oh hair. yeah i'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. 
So before I even tell you the story, I picked this specifically this week because this group is, it's about LuLaRue, which you've probably heard of or maybe tangentially heard of at some point because it was a multi-level marketing group that sold leggings. At first it was like skirts and then it was like these very specific leggings and they were pop-up stores, meaning you got invited to a party like that horrible thing we do to women and you went and you had to buy something, right? And then they made, and then of course it becomes a pyramid scheme because where do you make your money? By having people underneath you. Like Mm -hmm. then you become a trainer and then you become a mentor and then you become up, 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 up. So I had, I remember I have been to a few LuLaRue parties Wow. I had in four social situations where you can't like actively get out of it without affecting either your children's life or work life or something. So I had the occasion, A, to buy a pair of leggings that I gave to someone else. And I remember when it first came out, everybody was talking about how great these leggings were. They were so soft and stretchy, and they were. Like they did feel different than any other leggings I ever felt. And then I lost track of it because I don't really care about yeah and then i started hearing that like there was this crazy backlash because the leggings were like ripping as you put them on or they were really thin or the patterns were such that it looked like there was a um like a bee coming out of your crotch but then that actually looks like a vagina on leggings Hmm. or Hmm. like the patterns were not placed well so things always looked weird yes so there started to be these issues and then there started to be these low-level murmurings about things then i never heard anything else about it until this documentary came out and this is the story of the family that made this business and basically how it got brought down and their whole business model was going after women and saying like particularly stay-at-home moms that were educated they went to college and they knew that they were missing something like i had to give up part of my career i'm at home with these kids like i want to feel like i'm contributing like they're smart they're edgy like i want to be doing something this is so predatory and this is always how it works always and they went after him and they said you need to sell these leggings you will make a bunch of money and people at the top that got in at the beginning made a shit ton of money because they got all these people underneath them and that's how you earned it which is also what defines a pyramid scheme but yep and you can't uh, see but aaron is making the sign of a pyramid Pyramid. Because that is what's happening. That's is this what's pyramid happening. scheme? It's a pyramid scheme, and so the and they talk a lot. That's what I also like about this documentary is they have a few experts on there, and they talk a lot about the difference between a multi-level marketing uh-huh. product or scheme and a pyramid scheme. You get to see the depositions of these two, this husband and wife that started this company. Mm-hmm. Um, the denials that they say. I mean, it's infuriating, but it's fascinating. Uh, they're Mormon, mm-hmm. and they have a bajillion kids between the two of them because they both had different relationships before they found each other. Uh, they use that a lot. They use this idea of glorifying God. They use it as a way to um, convince women to do it because, and once they're in, they use it as a way to sort of say, this is how your relationship should work. Like, you should be subservient to your husband. <gasps> and. He should be supportive of this stuff and he should do this and that. And there's a lot of really weird examples of things happening. This is why it's always MLM to pyramid scheme to fucking cult. It always goes cult. There is within like the second, it's a four part um, docu-series. And I think it's in the second one that one of the ladies says, I'm at a, what I had to go to. I was required to go to as a training. I had to pay to stay at a hotel, go to it. And she said, I'm listening to the founder of this company spit Bible verses at me and tell me how my relationship should be. And she said, I looked down and I thought, oh my God, I joined a cult. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, it was that easy. And I was one of those people before that was like, "Who? how does a cult yes. happen? And it was, I mean, 
fascinating. They oh talk to ex-employees. They talk to people that were very close to this couple that know inside stuff. I mean, top to bottom, fascinating. And it all revolves around these leggings and making money. And it has some of the weirdest... Sorry, I spit on my microphone. They have some of the <laughs> weirdest stories that this lady tells as an example of being an entrepreneur that will just blow your mind. And just her herself with them hair and the makeup it's kind of tammy faye-esque which is great timing since there's a tammy faye biopic really? out yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah you shared a picture with me and it is haunting it this is lady haunting yeah haunting so i'm telling you now you're gonna love it i love the idea that they're bringing something down that again is targeted to women to say you're not living 100 percent if you're not doing these this and this it reminds me of the social media discussion we had a little yes. bit ago it's the same idea you need to be doing this you need to be and they encourage those people to kind of prey on their own friends prey on their family like it's very interesting to hear these women who were inside and talk about how it got to be and how the company made them dependent on the company like they were encouraging husbands to leave their jobs after women were making a certain amount because he needs to, you know, everybody needs to be doing this because they wanted them loyal to the company Ugh. at all costs so that they could control them, so that they could keep getting more people. It's an absurd when you listen to it and you think this is not a business model. Like no. you, they basically made all of their kids have positions in the company and none of them are qualified to do it. So you're talking to these employees that are like, I walk into this company that is doing billions of dollars of business a year and we have a shared Google Doc that we're all writing in. Oh, God. And that's the inventory sheet. Like, it's bizarre. It is bizarre. I think this is one of those situations where that shows like when capitalism and Christianity or any other type of religion get involved, it's... It's just a bad, bad news situation and always ends up preying on women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a very, Ugh. very, very fascinating. You'll fly through it. I'm not kidding. It's weird. And you're going to be like, what is happening right now? I'm, there's moldy leggings at one point. Ugh. You heard me say it, moldy. How? You know what? I don't want to know. Or I'll, I'll watch it and yeah. I'll see. Yeah. You'll find out. Okay. And they're moldy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's... No, because I, didn't I tell you it. what, when I put on a pair of leggings, I want a bee coming out of my crotch, <laughs> and I want them to be moldy. <laughs> I want those knees to have some mold growing on it. Yes, or else I don't feel like they're natural and organic. No, no, obviously not. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, those are two words I didn't expect to hear together: is moldy leggings. No, you wouldn't. It's a it's a doozy. Yeah, let me tell you. Well, as I said, you've uh, turned a couple people uh, evangelists for this show, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's making its way around. I, I don't want to be this guy, but <laughs> you're not living hundred percent if you don't watch this documentary. Oh shit! Yeah, now See you've turned cult leader. See what I did there? Yes. That's how quick it turns. That's how quick it goes. That's how quick it goes. You get sucked in. I would never do that, dear listeners. <laughs> if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. It's your problem. You're never going to show up to a broads of books event and be like, "Oh shit, I joined a cult." Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Well, maybe like a cult of people that really like us. I mean, besides but not, that. But you're not going to be required that. to pay any dues. You're not no. going to be required to show up. No. You don't have to shave your head. You no. don't have to wear a white robe. Nope. You don't have to do any of those. You things. don't have to wear moldy leggings. You don't have to wear moldy You don't leggings. have to sell them either. You don't have to sell anything to anyone. Yeah. You can just be. Didn't just you say it was like a $5,000 buy-in too? Yes. That was the lowest. That is insane. So they were encouraging people to like take out loans or this is like Scientology stuff. yeah it was like up to 10,000 <gasps> was the buy-in for it is absurd it's absurd over leggings over and I will tell you one of the most poignant parts is the pyramid scheme expert that they have on there mm -hmm. said 
it's very simple to do the math on all these pyramid schemes. And it there's a point where if you multiply it out, you have, in order for it to be sustainable, every there, it's more people than currently exist in the world would have to be involved. So is his viewpoint that they always collapse pyramid schemes yes they're always gonna collapse and then they talk a lot about the difference between multi-level marketing and a pyramid scheme yeah and so that'll that's kind of interesting i thought to learn a little bit more yeah i I guess i've always grouped those together in terms of the law they are a lot of times grouped together but the difference is a multi-level marketing is that you're making money based on sales not necessarily Mm, people just coming in i mean yes the more people you have underwear the more sales you're going to make yeah. So, hence multi-level but pyramid is like you know it's all going to the top to crazy eye lady to crazy lady who's just decked you just gonna love her outfits too <laughs> she's just decked out and lularoo all they talked to this gal who got a job there and she's like i was feeling myself she's like i showed up that first day i think she said in a gucci blouse i think she said gucci i'm wow. not sure okay it might be another brand, but she said something like that. And the the head, the lady was walking down the hall and turns and goes, that's not Lou LaRue. And she said, no, oh. it's Gucci. And she said, take her to the warehouse and get her. Like they were all required to wear. Oh my God. Uh-huh. I bet they didn't have to wear the moldy leggings. Probably not. Only the best ones. Only the best for the best. Probably yeah. didn't have to wear the ones with things that look like they were coming out of the crotch. I hope not. But I hope not. I who, mean, knows? who knows? If you met this lady, then it I might, feel like it's yeah, within their wheelhouse. True. Yeah. Wheelhouse. Yeah. Whew. That is a hundred percent scary. We came in hot on the hundred percent. God damn, we did Just sliding in on the hundy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the combination of the hand movement. <laughs> sliding in on the hundy, and I just my hand went out like a car, kind of. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean these picks are all a hundred percent. We're a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent, Aaron. Yeah, so are you. Oh. 100% that bitch, 100% pure love, all of it. All of it. 100%. All of it. 100%. And I mean, we're going to keep going. We're going to go beyond 100. We are. Yeah. Someday we might be sitting here talking about how we're 200%. Oh, my God. It'll be a glorious day. It w- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It'll be a glorious day. <laughs> oh. Is it my deadpan delivery? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little. Okay, great. I just yeah. maybe I didn't expect the word glorious. <laughs> I liked that. I like to slip that in yeah. whenever possible. I like that. Glorious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back in two weeks. Yes, we will. And the episode will be a hundred and one because that's how math works. That is how math works. Yeah. yeah. And, and we'll you're have a be brand excited. new theme for you. Brand new. Brand new. Coming in hot again. In the meantime, happy reading. up again same night another dream before trying this recording thing i didn't remember much of anything of these dreams i didn't remember much from any of the women and one night of doing this and it's broken things open the dreams are they're in me and they're they're coming out of me and to me i am not broken i am the most whole most real their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her that 
was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.